Well, if you're here and you have your copy of God's Word, if you would take it and turn to the book of Proverbs, we're going to start in Proverbs chapter 1. All of you kids have done a phenomenal job, by the way. We're proud of all of you. And uh, one housekeeping thing that I forgot, actually two housekeeping things before we jump into the sermon uh, so that I don't forget. Uh, as opposed to honoring our oldest mother or youngest mother or mother with the most children, uh, you always, you ladies always look like you're put on the spot whenever we ask that and everybody looks real hesitant to answer. And so we anonymously gave two gift cards with the flowers. I should have told you that when we were passing out the flowers. But if you received a, a, a gift card, that was your gift uh, and also, it came with the gift of remaining anonymous for whoever you are. And so, uh, take that and enjoy that from our church. You don't have to tell your age or how many children you have or anything like that. Also, uh, if you are a member of the Joy Club, uh, one announcement we needed to make was rain or shine, we're going to have the picnic. But it's going to be, uh, let me see, it's going to be at the Heritage Center, not the Heritage House. It's going to be at the Heritage Center out at the Hope Plantation. So be at the cookout, rain or shine, uh, at the Heritage Center if it rains. And so in light of those two announcements, let's jump into God's Word. We're going to start, as I said, in the book of Proverbs chapter 1. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your many blessings. Father, we thank you for the blessing of these children. And Lord, we thank you that indeed all children are a blessing from you. And so, Father, we thank you for them. I thank you for their mothers. And Father, I thank you for the many godly mothers that we have amongst us who are training their children to love you and fear you and keep your commandments. And so, Father, as we dive into your word and we look at some wisdom uh, from a godly mother, Lord, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word. And Lord, I pray that the three things that she points out that our mothers here would impress upon their children. And so, Father, help us to be people after your own heart. And Lord, I pray today that you would feed your sheep. And I pray that you would use me to do it. And we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, we're going to start, as I said, in the book of Proverbs. And I want to start by telling you all Happy Mother's Day. It's good to see you all here. It's good to see you all with your full families here. I was going to start the sermon by reading some funny letters from kids to moms. But none of them were appropriate to read uh, from the pulpit, I felt. They were all hilarious. And so you in your free time, uh, you Google funny letters from kids to their moms and... Uh, just, just enjoy that comic relief. I won't uh, put you through it up here now. But I want to read you something from the book of Proverbs. We're in Proverbs chapter 1. And I'm going to read the, uh, the beginning of the book of Proverbs. And so Proverbs chapter 1 verse 1 says this. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. And as you know, Solomon is going to be, uh, is the wisest man who has ever lived. Uh, God said, ask for anything you want. Solomon said, I'm just a child and I have no idea how to rule your people. So give me wisdom. And so God not only gives him an abundance of wisdom to make him the wisest man who's ever walked on the earth, but he also gives him incredible riches also. And so listen to the rest of the book of the rest of chapter one of Proverbs. And so this is the purpose of the Proverbs to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice and equity. To give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase his learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And listen to this. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. 
Indeed, they are a graceful wreath to your head and ornaments around your neck. And so when the author of Proverbs, who is Solomon in this instance, in this proverb, he says, listen to your father's instructions. And he says, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. And so the wisest man who ever set foot on the earth, he understands being the wisest man that the things that his mother, that excuse me, the things that his wife is teaching their child should not be forsaken by the child because the things that a mother teaches a child are indeed a graceful wreath to your head and ornaments around your neck. And so, so ladies here, as you've been teaching your children, I want you to know that you have an incredible job that's been put before you in teaching your children. And if you are here and you are the child to a mother, and each of you is, do not forsake the teaching of your mother even in old age, because indeed it's a graceful wreath to your head and ornaments about your neck. Uh, my family just recently went on a trip. We just got back from Liberty University. My father-in-law graduated with his master's degree from Liberty University, and so we all endured a college graduation. We enjoy college graduations uh, for everyone who is younger, but when someone is older than us, it's kind of like, mm, now we're enduring it. We're not joyfully going to it. So we endured his graduation. It was long and arduous. It started at about 10 o'clock, and it was over uh, about 6 o'clock. And so there was a break in between, but even with an intermission, it's still long. And so in order to get to Lynchburg, Virginia, where Liberty University is, we traveled up 460. And I don't know if you've traveled up towards Lynchburg at all, but if you go from the area that I grew up in Suffolk and you're headed towards Lynchburg, half of the trip is a straight shot of road. I mean, the road doesn't hardly have a single turn in it. There's just stoplight and small town and the road has four lanes. There's two lanes going one direction. There's two lanes going the other direction. And there's a double yellow line in the middle. And, uh, I am, I got my license when I was 16 and I'm 31 years old now. And so I'm driving down 460 and I look over at my wife and I said, I know that sometimes it's discouraging being the mother of three children. And sometimes you may think that nobody listens to anything that you say. And she's agreeing with me. Yeah, I understand. I, I know what you're talking about. And I said, do you see where I'm driving? And she said, yeah, you're, you're on the road. And I said, no, I'm in the right hand lane. And she said, okay, great. She said, who cares? I said, well, when I got my license, my mom told me that whenever you drive down 460, that truckers often fall asleep and they will drift over that yellow line ever so slightly. And she said, you always drive in the right-hand lane. And I said, so here I am today and I'm 31 years old and I'm still doing some of the things that my mother taught me. Now, I might not remember a slew of other things that mom said, but there are some things that are important that I remember and I do simply because mom said to do them. And there's many of you men out here who I have seen do things, and sometimes you didn't always do them excitedly, but you do them because you know that that's what your mom would have had you do. And so you get excitement and joy out of doing that. And so all of us love and treasure the things that our mother said to you, to us. But I want to take you over to the book of Proverbs 31. And before you roll your eyes about Proverbs 31 and, and all the things I'm going to say to you women, I'm not going to say all of the normal things about Proverbs 31. This is more to the children of these women. And so we're not even going to deal with verses 10 through 31. We're going to start in verse 1. And last time I was in Proverbs 31, we didn't deal with verses 1 through 9. And so this would be all new content for you. So now you're in Proverbs 31, hopefully. 
And if you see in verse 1, this says that the words, these are the words of King Lemuel. Well, nobody knows who this fellow is. Okay? He's an unknown person. But Jewish speculation, now this is a guess, that this word Lemuel means belonging to God. And so some of the Jewish people think that this could be Bathsheba's name for Solomon. Okay? And so it could be that this is just kind of a, a in-house name that Bathsheba used for Solomon. But anyways, it's in Scripture. It's inspired by God. And you can decide on your own who exactly wrote it. But the most fitting explanation that I've heard is Solomon. And so listen to this. Proverbs 31, verse 1. The words of King Lemuel, the oracle which his mother taught him. So we're going to listen to now what... Presumably, Solomon's mom taught him. And there's three points. Verse 2. What, O my son, and what, O son of my womb, and what, O son of my vows? And so three times she says what? And three times she's getting his attention with son. Just like a mother who would say, son, I bore you. Not like I'm making you bored, but I gave birth to you and you were huge. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm your mother. I, I took you into the world and I'll take you out of the world. Your mothers tell you that also? That's just me. Okay. So listen. Listen to the things that I'm saying. I'm your mother for crying out loud. Now listen to me. And remember, Solomon's already told his son, do not despise the teaching of your mother, but do what your mother says. Don't forsake them. And listen to the first thing that Bathsheba says to Solomon, presumably. Verse 3. Do not give your strength to women or your ways to that which destroys kings. And so this isn't to men, but this is more from a mother to a son. And, and she says to her son, don't give your strength to women or your ways to that which destroys kings. And if you know anything about men when they get into power, oftentimes they fall into all sort of sexual sins. You just look at our government in the White House and look at the sort of uh, sexual sins that have taken place within our government. And this only gets compounded when someone is a king and everyone in the kingdom has to do what the king says Oftentimes, kings would raise up uh, large harems for themselves. They would have many wives. They would have many concubines. And she tells her son, knowing that he's going to be king one day, do not give your strength to women or your ways to that which destroys kings. And she knew. Listen to what Solomon said. Solomon says this. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read two quick verses. Uh, and he's, uh, she is warning him of the adulterous woman. With her many, this is Proverbs chapter 7, verse 21. With her many persuasions, she entices him. With her flattering lips, she seduces him. Suddenly, he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as one in fetters to the discipline of a fool, until an arrow pierces through his liver. As a bird hastens to the snare, so he does not know what it will cost him, his life. And so she, as a godly woman, knows that her son has got to listen to him in rule number one. And that is stay away from women who are going to bring you harm. And listen, if you are here and you uh, are not married 
You could even be engaged. That doesn't matter. If you don't have a ring on your finger and your mother says you need to stay away from that person, you need to listen to them because mothers have a unique discernment and they can spot an adulteress and they can spot a woman who you don't need to be with as her son. And there's no amens. You moms should have been all over that. That was gift dropped to you. But listen, from experience... You should be able to look back at people who you possibly courted or dated when you were in school and your mom and dad said, that person's no good. And you can probably look back most of the time, if not all of the time, and realize that they were exactly right. All right, you guys aren't on board with that one, but let's keep going. Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 20 says this. This is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth And says, I have done no wrong. And listen, I want to reiterate, even if no one else, no one else is on board and excited about it. This is a good thing, mothers. You have been given a discernment. And we as your children should be very careful to heed your advice when it goes into dating and marrying and these things. And I promise you, if you're here and you're not married... And you do take the guidance of your parents in this issue. You will not be sorry. Because mom wants only the best for you. And she wants what is good for you. And sometimes we in our youth don't always know what's best for us. And sometimes we in our old age don't always know what's best for us. So we go here. You should always be open to someone wiser than you who's walked through that stage of life speaking into your life. And so don't disdain that sort of thing. I want to read one more section, and this is out of the book of uh, 1 Kings. You don't have to turn there, but this is a a snippet of King Solomon's life. And so it's no secret that King Solomon, while he's the wisest man in the world, he didn't heed his own advice oftentimes. But oftentimes his good advice was given as hindsight looking back what he would have done. And so here you have Solomon's been given this advice from David, stay away from these women. But in chapter 11 of 1 Kings, it says, Now King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidomite, Hittite women, from the nations concerning which the Lord had said, Sons of Israel, you shall not associate with them, neither shall they associate with you, for they will surely turn your heart away after their gods. Solomon held fast to these in love. He had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned his heart away. For it came about when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away after other gods, and his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. For Solomon went after Asheroth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the detestable idol of the Ammonites. Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and did not follow the Lord fully as David his father had done. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the detestable idol of Moab, on the mountain which is east of Jerusalem, and from Moloch, the detestable idol of the sons of Ammon. Thus he did for all his foreign wives, who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. And so listen, the best thing, if you are the son or daughter who isn't married, the best thing that you could do for your mother is to heed her advice 
when it comes to marrying and dating and things of that sort. It's right here in the text in Proverbs chapter 31. And so listen, if you're here and I said you're not married, a man or a woman who you're dating can pull your heart in a thousand different directions. They can rip your heart out and they can absolutely smash it. And your parents are trying to guard you from this. Your mothers are trying to keep you from this because they can't. I don't know how they have this Superman-like x-ray vision to be able to see into people and see what they're onto, but they can do it. And so you would be wise to heed mothers. Amen. Now, verse 4. Now, so she says, be careful. Don't go that route. Be careful with those women. And in light with, uh, uh, with that same passage, don't give your strength to the women or to ways which destroy kings. Oftentimes, women have the ability to absolutely destroy a man. Now, I'm not speaking to you mothers here. I'm speaking to the counsel that you mothers give. But they know that when we are in relationships with people we shouldn't be in, they have the ability to absolutely steer them into the gutter as opposed to always building them up. So now you get to verse 4. And so, it is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to desire strong drink. For they will drink and forget what is decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing, and wine to him whose life is bitter. Let him drink and forget his poverty, and remember his trouble no more. And so, first of all, she says to her son, Be careful who you give your heart to, and stay away from certain women. And then she tells her son, Listen here, son, son who I bore, son who I brought into this world, stay away from strong drink. Strong drink has no place in your life as king. And she says why. It's not for kings to drink wine or rulers to desire strong drink. And this is why. For they will drink and they will forget what is decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. And so she knows that when her son, if her son gives in to strong drink, it will it will change the way that he thinks and he will forget some of the things that he said and he will not be the king or the man that God has called him to be because of giving in to strong drink. And so then she says, and this is not prescriptive, but this is more descriptive. She says, give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to him whose life is bitter. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his trouble no more. And so she says, listen, you are supposed to be a man's man and you are supposed to be king. And you're supposed to govern yourself like a man. And you're supposed to follow in the footsteps of your father, David. David is a man who is after God's own heart. And you're supposed to be like that. And she says, leave the strong drink to all those other people. Leave the strong drink to the people who are in poverty. Look out from your kingdom and everybody else. And people like you shouldn't be taking part in strong drink. But to those whose lives are bitter and to him who is in poverty and help them to drink and remember their trouble no more. And so she's not describing who should be taking strong drink. She's just saying, look, listen, there's a world out there and these are the characteristics of the people who are taking strong drink and you're not one of them. You be bigger than that. And I don't think there's a mother out here who wouldn't look at their son and say, stay away from adulterous women and stay away from strong drink because it's going to keep you from being the man that God's called you to be. And I'm saying that on behalf of mothers to children. And so then we move on in chapter 31 and we get to verse 8. And she says, stay away from the adulterous woman. 
Stay away from the strong drink. And lastly, she says something, and this is not for selfish gain, but listen to what the mother of the king-to-be says. Verse 8. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all the unfortunate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and needy. And so she tells him, listen, stay away from this and stay away from that. And what I want you to do as king is not to abuse your power, but I want want you to use the power that God has given you to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. I want you to speak up for the rights of all the unfortunate. And I want you to open your mouth and judge righteously and defend the rights of the afflicted and the needy. And so, men, if you're here and your mother could give you advice, she would say, speak up for those who are less fortunate than yourself. There's not a mother out here who wouldn't love to see her son beating a drum for the unborn children that are being slaughtered across America on a daily basis. There's not a mother who wouldn't love to see their children standing up for children who can't stand up for themselves, for widows, for orphans. And for and the list goes on and on. There's genocide going all across Africa, Rwanda, you name it. There's all sorts of people being taken advantage of. And she says, listen... When you become a man and you become king, this is what I want for you. Speak up. Don't just live your life doing whatever's good for you, but speak up for the mute, for the rights of the unfortunate, and open your mouth and judge righteously. And so when something comes your way, don't take a bribe. Don't listen to those people who have money always, but you judge righteously. And men and women, your mothers would say the same thing for you. Speak up for those who don't have a voice. Judge righteously when something comes your way and defend the rights of the afflicted and the needy. We don't just look out to a world and say, well, they made decisions and they got wherever they are. That's it. Sometimes it's not that simple. And so we need to be people like presumably Bathsheba was trying to get Solomon to be, who will be careful who we're around in relationships, especially when it comes to people that we could potentially marry. We need to stay clear of strong drink because that is not for a king. And that is not for people who God wants them to be. And then we need to be people who speak up and speak out for those who don't have a voice. And last but not least, you finish with 10 through 31. And I'm going to read this passage in closing. And I want you to know that this capable wife, as the the text describes her, she doesn't just do all of these things, but she is all of these things. She embodies these. And she's raising her child up to be exactly, have the same character that she has. And so you find that in verse 10, an excellent wife who can find her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does evil to him. Excuse me, she does good to him and not evil all the days of her life. She looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. She's like a merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hands grasp the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor 
And she stretches out her hands to the needy. See, she's embodying as mom the same things that she's telling her child. And so this mother here is not a hypocrite at all. So she stretches out her hands to the distaff. She extends her hand to the poor. This is verse 20. And she stretches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the trademen. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is is always on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children, listen to this, because of all of these things, her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. And you learn at the end of the book of Proverbs that what is to be looked for in a woman, and it's not just beauty. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. And so in closing, I want to tell you this. I've heard of one woman in this church from all of you all. Every single one of you have mentioned her by name. And you've had incredible things to say about her. And I haven't heard one person talk about her beauty. And that's Jack and Bill Powell's mother. I have heard so many people since I've been at Kashai talk about how much of a saint she was. How when new people would move into the neighborhood, she would bring them a chocolate cake. And how everyone, all of you, when you moved into town, received a chocolate cake. Nobody brought me a chocolate cake. I'm just saying. But all of you, all of you praise her for her cake. You praise her for her godliness. You praise her for all of these other things. And you know, I've never seen a picture of her. I've never heard any of you praise her for how beautiful she was. I've never heard any of you praise her for anything that the book of Proverbs would say is vanity. Always, people are talking about her godly characteristics and those things about her. And while I don't know her and I don't know a lot about her, what I do want you to know is that the things that I've heard that she has done, they all take time. Every single one of those things takes time and thoughtfulness. And so, you moms out there, I want to encourage you to be like the women that you talk about and you praise. Take the time to do thoughtful things to people around you. Take time to do thoughtful things to strangers. And then when it is your time to go and you're gone from here, you will leave your mark on this church. There are things at this church that are marked up. We have windows donated in honor of people. We have probably pews donated in honor of people. And we as Baptists like to put plaques on things. But I haven't seen her name on anything. But you talk about her the most. And so what I want to encourage you to do is go and be godly and let your good works speak for you when your life is over. Let's not put as much emphasis to our young daughters on being beautiful and being pretty and all these things. But let's train them up to do good works and to be godly women so that their legacy will live long after them. And we, when I'm old and dead and my son who gave the announcements, when he's preaching, he can encourage you. He can encourage your children to be just like you were. Amen? Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.
Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and we thank you for all of the mothers that we have. Lord, we thank you for their godliness. We thank you for the time and the thoughtfulness they put into the things that they do. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray that today would be the day they reach out in faith and they gain forgiveness of sins and an eternal place in heaven. Father, as we're gathered together here, nothing could be greater for a mother than to see her son walking with Christ, to see her son doing those three things that we talked about in Proverbs 31. And Father, I pray here for mothers. Lord, I pray if they have any children who might not be saved, I pray that today would be the day that they get saved. Lord, I pray that even if they're not here and they get to have lunch with them, they get to have a meal with them later in the week, I pray that these mothers would have the ability to take the gospel wherever they go so that they can see their family be saved before they leave this earth. So, Father, we love you and we trust you. And, Lord, we thank you for the gift of mothers. And we ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. If you would stand for our hymn of invitation. Please stand and sing thy word. Well, as we wrap up our service, I think it would be appropriate if we gave a big round of applause to all of our little guys who took part in the service. So let's tell them thank you.
don't forget our uh, cookout for the Joy Club is going to be held rain or shine. Uh, if you don't know where that is, you call uh, Billy or Julia Griffin and they'll let you know exactly where to go. I want to tell you all mothers, happy Mother's Day again. Uh, we are deeply indebted uh, to you as ladies. And I want to say another thing that you as ladies uh, oftentimes are responsible uh, for keeping the church going many a times and through many seasons of history. And so without godly women in our midst, uh, we might not be here today. And so I want to tell you again, thank you and happy Mother's Day. And if you would do us the honor of closing us in prayer, we'll be dismissed. Dear Lord, thank you for our church and the love that is here. Thank you for the mothers that are so dear. Keep us near and safe and bring us back here. Amen.